Hello and welcome to another comedian's interview for my blog, A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 800 stand-up comedians over the past 46 years and counting. My very special guest today is the great comedian, Mr. Rich Wilson. Yes! Hello, mate! <laughs> how are you? Oh, hello, mate. How are you? You're right. I'm all I'm right. Good, man. How are I'm you? good. I'm all right. We have to start these every time I do these. We have to start it with, "Can you hear me? All right. It can. Do I sound all right? Is it all right?" And that's the, <laughs> that's I can hear you if you can hear me. <laughs> I can hear you, mate. I can hear you. It's all good. It's all good. Brilliant. Ugh. Well, um, thank you so much for doing this. We're going to chat for about forty-five minutes to an hour. And it's all about your comedy career. So I'd like to go right back to the start and ask you, how did you become a comedian? Ah, well, this has been, I've said about, I've talked about this before, but um, I never in my wildest dreams ever thought I was going to be a comedian. I never, ever, I never, growing up, I, I always loved comedy and I admired people like Dave Allen and Richard Pryor and oh, people yeah. like that, Eddie Murphy and people like that, but... I, I, I'm, I'm fundamentally quite a shy person, so it never occurred to me that I was ever going to do it. Like everyone, always, like they say that thing, like, it's the hardest thing in the world. Hard. I couldn't. I the thought of standing in front of people and trying to make them laugh just filled me with so much terror. Like I can't even, even now, I can't make phone calls. I can't ring people up <laughs> and go, yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I have to, I have to do text or, or wow. emails. Like, wow. But, are, you, um, are you all right doing this? Yeah, this is fine. Now, this is, I can do this. This is fine. I don't mind doing this. Yeah. But when I have to ring like the bank or something like that. Well, nobody takes, likes that. No, it takes, <laughs> takes, me, it takes me a day to like get myself ready. I'm 49. I should be able to do it by now. So it, well, never, it never really occurred to me that to be a comedian. I always loved it. And yeah. so I, I got a job 20 years ago now, 20 years uh, up the creek. Um, yes. there, was, there was an advert. And he needed bar staff. I'm like, oh, I've pulled a pint before. I, I like comedy. I'll go and do that. So I, I rang him up, and the guy uh, it was Andrew, one of the owners, and uh, he and he just went, right, come and see me tomorrow. So I turn up. He takes me in, takes me through what up the creek used to look like to the back bar, and he's like, right, that's the bar. Can you pull a pint? I'm like, yeah, 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 that's fine. He went, all right, we'll start tomorrow then. And that was I was starting on the Saturday, wow. uh, and he went, yeah, and he went, well. This is where the comedy is. It's in here. If you want to hang around and just watch the comedy, you're more than welcome. And I think I think Daniel Kitson was emceeing. Oh, what a yeah. what an act! And so I'd never, I only knew famous like really like television comedians. I didn't know that there was this whole circuit of a thousand or thousands of other comedians. Yeah. So I'm watching I'm watching Daniel Kitson, who I didn't know was like you know was going to be one of the finest comedians of his generation. And it just straight away, I'm like, wow, this is this is amazing. And it, it, it is I just sort of fell into it. Yeah. yeah. I, I just mean, fell into it. My my first ever gig, aged seven, with the with my mum and dad and my brother wow. 
was Les Dawson at Scarborough. <laughs> Which is brilliant. He's Les fantastic. Dawson. And, and he's, he's in my top so five good. still. He's, he's hilarious. And in the same year, I saw Tommy Cooper. Which Brilliant. was just amazing. Another one. Yeah. And um, uh, my first gig in London, the first time I ever went to the comedy store in London, when I first came to London, was um, uh, Steve Gribbin, who's been interviewed. Oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Steve, yeah, he's great. Um, John Maloney was compare. Wow. Linda yeah. Smith, Hattie Hayridge, and topping the bill was um, Charles Fleischer. Now, you might not know who Charles no. Fleischer is, but Charles Fleischer is an American comedian who used to pull faces, very visual. Right. And I'm so pleased I saw him because he went to Hollywood and made uh, who, was the voice of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, <laughs> wow. So he, he was never seen again. I was going to say, what happened to him? No. He took the rest of his life off. Yeah. So... Um, you decide you want to become a comedian, and you and you yeah. so you so you're in the you're in up you're at up the creek, which I've been to yeah. many times. Yeah. And um, how uh, can you describe your first gig? <laughs> yes, so it was uh, it was my mate uh, Silky, who's another comedian. I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's Leeds based. Yeah, um, and we me, he and I became friends, and. Uh, uh, and, and yeah, he said to me, he was one, it was Rob Rouse first said, you should do it, you've got it, you've got it in you. Uh, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then I mentioned it to Silky, and then one day we were sat in a shitty bar in Maidstone, and uh, and he went, right, you've got your first gig, it's on this date, it's in two months' time, and you can't back out. Wow. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. And he went, you have to, you have to do it. He goes, we keep talking about it, you're going to do it, and this is when it is. So I spent two months um, shitting my pants, just, <laughs> just. I was so full of dread. Wow. And I just, yeah, and I had this little book, and I was writing ideas down, and I'm just, I'm just crapping myself. I'm on the train going. It was in Oxford, the Bullingdon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. now I think it's now um, Oxford Glee. Yeah. And uh, and I'm on the way there, and I'm shitting my pants. I'm like, oh God! Oh, that was it. Silky was living in Banbury at the time. That was it. He was living in Banbury, so I had to get the train to Banbury, uh, and I was there with uh, uh, I don't know if you, you know Jason Cook. Yes, um, very well. Yeah, Jason yeah. Cook and uh, what's his? Oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, that's terrible of me. They were in a they were in a double act, a, a German synth pop uh, band called Da Klatter Schenken Mouse. And uh, yeah, and they got this brilliant song called "Dead Clown," and it was really good. Um, brilliant. So I I end up at Silky's and I'm with them and I'm sat there. Uh, Lee, his name's Lee. Lee. And I'm sat there and and I'm sat around with them and we're talking about. They're talking. This is a whole new world to me, so I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then we get to the gig. The Dikatashenko uh, feet and mouse. They die. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> But they're brilliant. I thought they were brilliant. I loved them. And then, yeah, yeah. I, and then Silky had said to me, "There's that. It's called something law, where if it's going well, if it's going badly, get off. If it's going well, get off. Now you know, you know that, but it's called someone's law. So I'm on. I get. I'm on. I'm pacing up and down. I'm crapping myself. I have two vodka Red Bulls double. <laughs> I'm. I'm just, I'm just a bag of nerves. I've got this leather jacket on. I'm dripping sweat. And then I walk on. I'm supposed to do five minutes. Then I did two and a half. 
I did this crappy sex joke that it was rubbish. <laughs> but it got a bit of a laugh. It got a bit of a laugh. And, and then I stood there and I went, ah, ah. And it's silky over the PA just went, blah, blah, so law, like, you know, that law. <laughs> and I went, see you later. And I got off. <laughs> and he went, he went, you've got to laugh then. You've got to laugh. So you're going to be the resident open spot. You're going to come back every month and you're going to be the new guy. And he, and that's wow. where it went. Yeah, so he just started from that. So I was doing Oxford and then we did Banbury as well. Wow. And then he and then he booked me for loads of his Welsh gigs. So I really started my career in Wales. So so what sort of year was this? That was 2004, October 2004. Wow. That's when I started up, I started up the creek in 2001. Right. I was a, I was a barman. Yeah. I went on to be a manager. We they had one in Croydon, they had one in Maidstone. They've both gone now. Yeah. But I managed I managed those and then uh, the woman that I was seeing at the time, Marilyn, she was running up the creek Croydon. She basically ran it when I was there, to be honest. I mean, she was she was the brains behind the outfit. I didn't really know what I was doing. But she sort of, and then she took it over when I left. And they were going to shut it on a Friday. And she said, well, why don't you keep it open? Get rich to MC it for cheap. And then you get established acts either end, new acts in the middle. So you can, you're keeping your, 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 feet, your, your money low. And then you get to keep up, stay open. So I did that for about a year. Wow. So so because I was doing that, I was like emceeing up the creek, basically. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so other people would go, oh, you're emceeing up the creek. Oh, you can come and do this. So I ended up doing the backyard. I ended up doing the comedy calf, yeah. jong jonglers. So I kind of sidestepped that open mic circuit. I, would, I did yeah. a couple I did a couple of them. But I kind of I kind of hit the ground running and went straight in, emceeing. Wow. That's, yeah. that's that's amazing because normally or a, a very good routine is through the open mic circuit where you do your five minutes and I'm yeah. inevitably a friend of the comedian who is asked to go along and laugh in all the right places <laughs> and if they're good um, so, you, so, so you didn't tend to do many of those because you already were getting the experience of being in a major comedy club and yeah. seeing it yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I did that classic one there was, you know, there was one in Hammersmith that I did. Yeah. Um, everybody there was an act. There were three old blokes at the bar and a classic and a dog. It, honestly, it, I've heard it, it, honestly, there was an actual dog. I think it was, the, I think it belonged to the pub. I'm not sure. But the, the first act went on. He made some joke about Irish people. The three guys at the bar were Irish, it turns out. So they've all moved around the other side of the bar. Oh, mate. They've gone, and then the dog, even the dog went. Nah, and just went off. <laughs> you you reminded me of when I had a go at stand up. I I I was terrified as well. I was I was at the Edinburgh Fringe, which we'll come on to later, and right. um, uh, I know I knew at the time the guy who ran the Free Fringe, and I, and I said to him, I want to get it out of my system. I support all the comedians. And I want to have a go at doing stand-up. He said, right, he said, we can put you on an old folks gig in the hair market. It's a gong show. And mm. um, uh, you'll have three minutes and see how long you last. So I wrote this script all about me crashing cars in Carlisle because I was never a very good driver and he liked it. He said, go on then. So I walked out. And there was three old blokes sitting there, three again. And uh, I walked out and I said, I said, ladies and gentlemen, people think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, but I can't see the resemblance myself, which I thought was a brilliant opening line. 
and an old bloke at the back just went fuck off and got me <laughs> off <laughs> so I walked off to me own footsteps went back on had another go same thing happened and I said I don't know about stand-up comedy. I said, I'll support them forevermore. Never say never again. But so, so in a way, that's why a, a reason why the blogs come along, you know, so, um, supporting you all. I, I regard you all as heroes because I'm passionate about the subject. But you're so, you are very supportive. It's always a pleasure to see your face. Yeah, uh, very. Be, be it, be it uh, always be or be it in a online or yeah. in Edinburgh. It, yeah. That's the one. When you pop up in Edinburgh and you're like, wow. <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're happily emceeing away. Um, what do you like to talk about on stage? Do you have any themes or um, anything really? I think I'm more I'm more cheeky than I am controversial. Yeah, like I I can I get away with a bit more because I am kind of like cheeky. Like, oh, you know, I'll say something that's a bit naughty and I'll and then I'll put a face and you know I'm like oh, you know that's that was a bit much, wasn't it? You know that kind of thing. I'm not really out to to. I don't really want to be a controversial comedian. No, I just no. want to, you know, I want to have, I want to have fun, and you know, you can take the Mickey out of stories in the news and things like that. But I, I just see it as like we're jesters, and yeah. people come to us to get away from all the stuff that's going on in the news. And exactly, so, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, there are some brilliant, there are some brilliant political comedians out there, and they're brilliant at what they do. But so, but I've seen it a few times, especially now when there's so much politics. You know, social media is a wash yeah. with everyone's got an opinion on everything, and and you're just hammered into the floor with story after story of atrocity and this yeah. and that. Yeah. And people come to a comedy club to get away from all that, and exactly. so that's where I come in. I'm like, I'll come out with my my pointy shoes and my balloons, and and I'll dance around for you for a bit. You know, just <laughs> it's one you of know, your, that's that's our job. One of your one of the great things that you do is um, you're extremely warm with an audience so they can't fail not to uh, like you and then because of that you can really basically say to them what you like because yeah. they're on your side you're very very good at audience banter and, well I think um, yeah uh i i think you're i think you're one of the best at it i really do thanks I, I, man whenever your name's on a bill i always smile because i know <laughs> i'm gonna have a good time but um, i i feel i feel that i'm i still feel that i'm i'm not above the audience there's that does that talk about um uh what do you call it it begins with a p jesus christ like my brain's rubbish when you're you're sort of when they, uh, you're elevated above the audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but that I, I don't really feel yeah. like that. I feel I feel I'm the funniest one out of everybody. That's why I'm up there doing what I'm doing. But I don't feel like I'm. I still feel like a punter sometimes. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, yeah. Watching, watching you know. from the audience. What what I notice is whenever it's like a switch goes on when you go on stage and, and 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 you think to yourself right i am not leaving this stage until i've made the audience laugh depending yeah. on it doesn't matter what size it is yeah, and yeah, every yeah. time i've seen you they're not only laughing they're crying with laughter yeah because it's that's all nice. the, and you've got a great delivery and you're very good with your you're very good with i don't know what the term is where you 
you finish a punchline and then you add another line to it. Oh, a topper, yeah, yeah, topper, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there aren't any. That's the thing with what I do. I don't feel there's no structure really to what I do. I'm, I'm just going up there and I'm talking, but it's the way I'm. But I'm just like someone said. It sounds like the funny guy in the pub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's. And that's what I want. I want it to yeah. sound like I'm just coming up and I'm just talking, yeah. I'm having a chat with you for 20 minutes. That's, that's I, you it. Know, there's, there's, yeah. there's something more to just a bog-standard comic going on and telling jokes. You're very endearing. You want to go and have a beer with you afterwards. Yeah. There's that, there's that element of um, something more other than comedy which makes you very warm to an audience. And, and well, yeah. I notice I that, that every time yeah. I see you. It's Thanks, great. mate. Well, I think that comes from the fact I go into comedy late, mm. and so I, you know, I've had jobs where you know I've I've not, I haven't always done comedy, so I've done, for want of a better phrase, proper jobs. <laughs> I've lived that proper life, so you know I understand where these people are coming from. They've come from work, they're yeah. knackered, they've got bills to pay, they're worried about money, and you know, but they've cut, but they've managed to scrape a few quid together. They're at a comedy night and they're going to have a night. And I understand exactly where they're coming from. Yeah. And, you know, and I love to, I, I, this, this routines I've got, but I love coming out of that and, and reacting to what's going on in the room. I get a real buzz from that. It's and brilliant. I've learned, I've learned, I've learned that from watching, like watching Kitson. I watch Kitson go on with an empty book. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he fills the book up as he's on stage, you know. Yeah. I remember saying to Mike Wilmot, the Canadian comic, oh, I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I remember, oh, mate, I just love the way you just come out and start talking. Yeah. I'd love to be able to do that. And he said, so fucking do it then. And I know, yeah. <laughs> and it kind of, they just went, yeah, I went, oh, yeah. You don't have to come out and go, hello. No, you don't no, have to go, just you know, do you can, it. Just, this, I feel, even though I said to you earlier, I'm, I am fundamentally shy inside. And that's only with certain things in life, but I'm at my most comfortable when I'm up in front of everybody yeah. and we're all bouncing along together doing this thing. Yeah. You know, and we're all in it together. We're like, oh, yeah, this is what we're doing for 20 minutes. Where are we going? What should we do? Where, yeah. you know, that, because I don't have to worry about bills and real exactly. life. I'm out of it for 20 minutes. It's lovely. So, um, you're emceeing the gigs or doing routines at gigs and, um, you must have had, although I can't imagine, some bad gigs, some bad experiences <laughs> in gigs. Have, 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 you, have you got any stories? <laughs> yeah. You, you can't, you cannot call yourself a comedian <laughs> if you haven't died on your ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, it's all part of it. You yeah. have to, you have to have that stony silence. You have to have yeah. that. And there's no rhyme or reason for it. You might have been in a good mood on the way to the gig, but for some reason you haven't connected. It, it's just I, I've yeah, I did yeah. I, I had one recently oh, before yeah. the lockdown, and it yeah, hadn't really connected. I, uh, I won't say what I called the guy because I did it by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I said a I said a terrible word. I meant to say something, and I, I meant to call him a bell end, and I called him something else, and it, and they all and the room just went what? And I went what? Why did I say that? Oh, I mean, this sound, I'm making it sound worse than it is. It was just <laughs> it wasn't a good. It wasn't good, no. and I kind of I kind of I won him back in the end, but not great. No, but I, I think the I think the worst one, yeah. I think the worst one. I was in Birmingham 
And I was in Leeds once, right? And there was a load of florists in the front and they were all fellas. And I hadn't been going very long, so I took the piss because I didn't know any better. I'm like, oh, you're florist, oh, you like your flowers, right? And one of them got so angry with me, he hated me. So every time I walked out to MC, he'd stand up and go, shite! And then he'd turn his, <laughs> and then he'd turn his chair around, right, and plonk it down with his back to me for the whole thing. Wow. And then he did that all night. But by the end, he got so annoyed, but the audience ended up being on my side. Well, there you are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and yeah. But there was there was one, there was one that made me realise you have to be really careful with what you're saying. Yeah. Because you don't know what other people have been through. No. You know, and I used to have this stuff talking about when we were growing up and about the sex offenders that used to run around. I mean, you might have heard it and... And I made a joke about it. And I, you know, then I moved on. And then we had the interval. And then after the interval, there was a guy stood sort of at the side of the stage. And I'm like, you're right, mate. You're going to take your seat. And he came on and he took the mic off me. And he went, how comes... When it was horrible. And he went, how comes we, can make, we can't make jokes? And he used the N word and he used something else. Wow. He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, but we can't, we can't. But taking the mickey out of people that have been sexually assaulted is fine. And I'm like, and I took it off him and I'm like, whoa, 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 that's not what happened. I wasn't trying to, I was taking the piss out of paedophiles. I wasn't taking the piss out of people that have been sexually abused. I'd yeah. never do that. That's, you haven't listened to what I'm saying. Anyway, he got ushered off and he got taken away. So anyway, brought the headline act out and I'm like, I've got to find that fella because that's not what happened. Anyway, I went out and I found him and he's in the foyer and he's with his wife or he's, he's now his ex-wife. I, I didn't really understand the, 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 the relationship but he's just he's got his head in his hands and he's crying and, and I'm like whoa 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 dude 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 this is what what's going on man what is it he starts to tell me this horrific story about when he was a kid oh god yeah 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 and I just and I, I was on my knees with him and I'm like mate listen I wasn't I wasn't having a go at people that have been sexually yeah, sexually yeah, assaulted yeah. and he went I know I know he goes it wasn't you he goes I've had a drink and I'm just it's just it's just something I still oh. I still yeah and it really triggered him and so we sat and he's and, and I was talking to him the whole time and then it made me realise that yeah you've got to be more careful with what you say you've got to be because, very careful yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't know you don't know people's stories no, and, no, no. and unfortunately now having had conversations going forward there's yeah. More, more people have been. This is not. This is a bit fucking. It's a bit heavy for this, but <laughs> please no. <laughs> but no, more people have unfortunately been sexually assaulted than haven't, and it. And so, if you're getting into those subjects, you've got to be really careful and yeah, know what yeah. you're doing. You know, make yeah. it very clear that you're not. You're not. You know. You know. You're not. You're not having a go at what yeah. they've been through. You know. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. that. Yeah, that was a turning point. That made me realise. I think I think it is. I think I think because a comedian, once they're on stage, they they can say whatever they want. Yeah. They do have to be very careful in in the subject matter that they yeah. that they've got because everybody in the audience, as you say, is different, and yeah. they could be tapping into something yeah. really quite serious, like you've just yeah, been talking yeah. about. But you I don't know. You don't know people's stories, and you're. No, no, no. And they don't. You know. You, you, like I say, you can say anything, and it might trigger someone, and yeah, yeah. and off they go, and, yeah. and 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 so yeah, that's why I try and keep it. I really make it clear that I am. I'm having a laugh, and I'm yeah, and yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah that's that. It think, taught me a lot. I think as well. Um, 
through all the good and the bad times of stand-up comedy, all the difficult gigs, it, it does boil down to the more you do, the more experience you get at doing it. And, and Absolutely. You, and you become, if nothing else, a better speaker, a better communicator standing yeah. on stage. And if you can make them laugh, obviously, which is the main reason why you're there, all the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the best, the best, I mean, and the thing is, nobody wants to hear stories about you smashing it. No one wants to hear no, about no, you no. taking the river. <laughs> Everyone wants to hear it when you sucked ass. Everyone wants to hear. And the, and the, the tough gigs, the ones where you the die the hardest are always the ones that are furthest away from your house. So yeah. you got all this, so you got hours on the drive on the way home. And you're like, <laughs> it's horrible just going over driving Sarah, along thinking yeah. why am I so, like, um, why, but Sarah Millican's got this really yeah. good rule and she said like you can you can beat yourself up and think about it but you've only got to 11am the next day after that you've got to move the on the next day and you start yeah, 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 yeah. start again um, so whilst you were doing your comedy at um, Up the Creek was there was there ever a point where you thought Yes, I'm good at this, and I can I can do this, and I can make a career out of this. I think. Do you know what it was? It wasn't really up the creek. It, you know, you've heard you've heard stories of you know uh, imposter syndrome. Everyone yeah, talks yeah. about imp imposter syndrome. Uh, they feel like they're going to get found out any minute. Um, I was doing the comedy store, yeah. and it took me it took me seven years to get into the store. Wow. They weren't going to they weren't going to book me. They didn't say they said I wasn't for them I wasn't good enough but well, they weren't horrible they were just that's how it was but I went on tour with um, uh, Tom Stade oh, yeah, and Tom brilliant. Stade and, and yeah. that was his they were his agent and so every day he'd speak to them and every day he'd say put Rich on put Rich on they go no nah, we've tried it doesn't really work and he's like look he's doing well on this tour I want you to give him a go give him a go and so they did they gave me a Thursday to MC and it and it was it couldn't have gone better like immediately brilliant it was one of those ones I've, I've been told since that I went on, I made a joke straight away. Don walked in at that particular moment and went, yeah, give him weekends. It was that perfect. Brilliant. But it was, but even then with the store, you never feel like you're quite in, right? right? You always, because it's such a, the, the comedy store was it. It was like, yeah, yeah. you know, for a lot of older comedians, like our church and you always want to be, you wanted to be in that in that yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's always a, you're always nervous when you play. Well, anyway, it is, so it is one yeah, of the it's most the place prestigious places to play, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and it's and it, and I remember so so I yeah so so I so I'm on a th it's a I've been there a couple of times now and it's on a Thursday night and I and I and I go out and do my bit. It's not great. The audience are a bit cold. I don't really, I don't really warm up enough. But I do a bit of material, and then they're all right, and they and they kind of loosen. Then the first act goes on, and it kind of starts to thaw out a little bit. And then Simon Mason, the big Simon from the store, there's two of them. There's Simon, there's, uh, Simon Mason, and oh, I'm tell you what we're names. And the other Simon, um, and he came through, and he went, Rich, listen, they're not doing you a favour by booking you to be here. You're here because you're good at what you do. You're good at yeah, this. Yeah, this is yeah. why you're here. So stop mucking around and fucking get on with it. <laughs> and I, and, and that's it. when it that's when it clicked for me. I went, oh yeah, people aren't booking me as a favour. Yeah. 
Exactly. They're booking me because I can do what I do. And that's when I went, right, yeah, I am actually good at this. This is this is me. So that's and it's brilliant. not it's not big headed or arrogant. No, no, like, no, no. I, it's just like, I know I can do it. Some I can do it. And you I, think I know yeah. I can do this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so um how do you cope with any nerves before you go on stage? Do you still get them? Yeah, yeah. you still it's less it's not really it's not nerves. I don't shit myself unless it's massive. It's a big, yeah. if it's a big yeah. deal gig, yeah. like, uh, I mean, I'm doing massive gigs. I remember, uh, supporting Jade, uh, for her Amazon prime special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when they, when they were filming that, that was a big deal. So it was kind of, like, I can't fuck this up. This is, you know, I wanted to, I didn't want to let her down. I didn't want to let anyone else down. I yeah. just wanted to do a really good job. And, and that was, so that was quite nerve wracking. And I yeah. knew that she was nervous and, you know, all that shit was going on. So, but it's not really nerves. Like, I know I can do it now. So I'm more like, I just, I have to take a moment. Yeah. I go, I go and stand at the side and then I kind of pump myself up and go, right, okay. Get away. Yeah, because that's something else that Jay told me was, in, we were in Edinburgh a couple of years ago and she was doing the sound for me. And she came in one day and she went, right, you go out the way, go away, go and stand out the way because what you're doing you talk to everyone when all your mates are coming in and you're talking to them all before you start your yeah. show. So you've already been talking for 10 minutes before the show starts. And so you're expending all that energy and you need the energy for your show. Oh, yeah. And from that moment, I'm like, oh, yeah. And now I have better gigs because I, I have a moment where I go off. I just gather myself and go, right, okay, cool. I'm going to say that. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. You just sort of... And bring your breathing down a little bit. You kind of got to just like deep breaths oh, cool 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 got it and then and then you're ready for when the MC or whoever you know says welcome to stage Rich Wilson yeah 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 it's that it's really it's fascinating because whenever I go um, to always be comedy live um, I'm always I'm always on the front row and when the lights go down I look to my left and there's James Gill psyching himself up yeah. ready to go for the audience and he's a different person when he's on stage because yeah well he's quite high energy isn't he yeah, so he's yeah, got a, yeah, he's yeah. got a ra he's got to ramp him himself up himself up and it's it's yeah. interesting that you say that um how how do you remember all your routines when you're on stage <laughs> i don't know oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea to this day <laughs> Do you know have pointers in your head or notes? Or? Uh, well, the stuff's always evolving, yeah. And you and you and you move it around as well. You kind of like you you always move your like your closing gag. You'll move that to start, and because you always want to be better, you want to always improve. And and if you stick, there's so many comedians that stick to the same twenty because they know it works. And, yeah. And it's just not fun. It's not fun anymore. No. Yeah. I want it to be. I want it to be different every time. And um. And I don't know. I tell you what happened though, with because we had the lockdown, and so none of us gigged for ages. Yeah. And so we had from like March till September or something like that, or whenever it was, we got back into it briefly. And I remember standing there. I got booked for a gig in South End, and I'm stood there, and I just went, I don't remember any of it, and I didn't. I did. I, did, I ended up having to just riff on what was happening in the garden space where we were. At. I couldn't remember. Or I'd get into a, I'd get into a bit, and then I'd go, "Well, that's the that's the punchline I've just said. So what's the rest of it?" Uh, so I don't know. Oh, there, there is something to be said. 
you need to be on stage constantly and that's how it sticks in your head you, you like an athlete you need to be you need to keep doing it keep doing it because when Ken you have, Dodd comes to mind Ken Dodd is out, still Ken Dodd he's still gigging somewhere isn't he that <laughs> is still I saw him I saw him many times I, I I once got into an argument with him at crew it wasn't an argument it was an argument with two old women sitting behind me about a newspaper in crew I was living in crew at the time and, right, uh, mate. <laughs> and he, he he was trying to tell jokes about newspaper and his 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 act wasn't going very well going well in the first half and he said he said well, he said what's the newspaper in crew uh, and I yelled out, "It's the Chronicle!" And these two old ladies behind me, "No, no, no! It's the Mail!" And I turned around and went, "No, no! It's the Chronicle!" And I went, "No, no! It's the Mail!" And Ken Dodd was floored, <laughs> and he looked at me and he went, "And he went, what's your name, sir?" And I told him, and he said, "He said, where are you from?" I said, "Carlisle." He said, oh, "I'll see you Sunday. The women are right, aren't they? It's the Mail." <laughs> but he is extra. He's a classic example of trying to change his act like you say yeah. but just being on stage for so so long and i think again it all boils down to experience the more you do the yeah. better a comedian you are oh um, for sure yeah you won the 2018 best international act at the new zealand comedy festival yes i did congratulations mate thanks mate describe this experience are you a fan of comedy competitions do you think they are necessary for the comedy career would you know what when i started i thought you had to be more pure so there was all this talk of competitions and and comedy courses and and i was like no a real comedian wouldn't do those things a real comedian would just hone his craft and do the gigs and do this and just does it on his own blah 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 and then it turns out Nearly everyone's done a comedy course. Everyone's <laughs> been in a competition. Mickey Fanigan, uh, Greg Davies, yeah. loads of people have done courses or competitions. And so I really shot myself in the foot by not doing any. And then wonder why no one gave a shit about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not so never heard of me. You know never heard of me. Never heard of me. So I didn't do any of that. I didn't do any of that. I made it really hard for myself. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, and then and then with the with New Zealand, it just well, I was I, I was doing a I was staying with Eddie Brimson in yeah. uh, in Edinburgh in 2016, 20 no 2014 yeah 2014, and he was talking about us doing a double act, and we kind of mucked around with it and we were, yeah maybe, and then we went to we went to Melbourne the following year, uh, and we messed around in Melbourne doing the festival there, but we were also booked to do New Zealand, and Eddie had booked the whole thing. And so in Melbourne, we didn't get many people, not many people turn out. It's really difficult to sell your own shows yeah, in Melbourne. Yeah. You do the compilations and you'll make money, but getting people to your actual show is really hard. Right. Unless it's got unless it's got the title Britain in it or British or English or something like yeah, that for some yeah. reason. So anyway, so we mess around in Melbourne for a month and then we go to New Zealand and we go and sat in Auckland. We sat down by the water's edge and we went, right, what are we going to do? Because we can't just do what we've been doing. We can't just dick around. We've re this is proper now. Because with New Zealand Festival, there isn't any fringe. There's no free fringe. It's like you're in the festival. They've booked you. They've brought you out. You're like, the, it's like doing the Pleasants. It's like yeah, doing yeah. The, the, the Gilded Balloon. You're doing proper venues, like yeah. the Classic and all that. And so you have to, 
bring your A game. And so, and so we, so we went out and, and we ended up smashing it. We ended up, we sold out the Bruce Mason Centre. We sold out the classic two nights or three nights, wherever it was. And it just went from there. So now they, they then booked me again to come back the following year to MC and they booked me to do something else. And I just had such a good time. I just fell in love with the place. I, I, I went out, I went out there like three or four times, I think. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. And then when they, and then I just, I came back. No, nothing was said to me. I was like, oh, it was lovely to see you. Well done, blah, blah. It wasn't until I came back and they went, oh, it was Christmas. And they went, oh, you've been, you've been, uh, you're, you're, you've won this, the best international act. And I'm wow. like, what? Carrie Marks had won it before. Nish oh, Kumar brilliant. had won it before. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, well so I'm deserved. Like, wow, man. So yeah, really, something like that as well makes you feel right you're part of it it go, you go oh i am actually yeah i'm actually supposed to be doing this did you did it raise your profile as a result of winning it yeah it did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. people yeah. start to take you more seriously yeah, yeah, and yeah yeah absolutely oh, I mean, all of these things for any new comedians who might be listening to this do the competitions they can't it can't help they yeah, can't yeah. hurt at all yeah, yeah do them all you know um, Let's move on to the Edinburgh Fringe, the the yeah. Edinburgh Festival. I I go there every year. I've been going there since twenty o five, and wow. the first year that I went there, I thought to myself, I'm gonna do this every year, and it's become my annual holiday. It's my holiday. I go for a week, and I see about fifty shows in a week. Wow! And I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Um, what was your first Edinburgh Fringe like? The first time I went up would have been 2006. Right. I just I just lost my job in this t-shirt place. Right. And so and Darren Martin, Darren Martin had already messaged me and said, "Look, I I need flyers and promo people in Edinburgh if you fancy it." And I said, "No, working." Anyway, then I lost that job. And so I messaged him. I went, "Is that job still going?" And he went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So so I get on a train. I go straight to Edinburgh. I get there. It's like seven o'clock at night. And I go into what is now the voodoo room. So that's where I'm yeah, meeting yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And he goes, uh, he goes, oh yeah, sorry. He goes, your accommodation isn't going to be ready for two days. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, I mean, Ed, well, I'm already here. <laughs> so I ended up sleeping in the road. <laughs> uh, so I rang my partner at the time again, Marilyn, who I was with. Yeah, yeah. I rang, I rang her, and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's no accommodation. I haven't got the money either. So she ended up ringing around and uh, Jane Hardy that used to book up the creek was up there. And so she said, oh, yeah, come crash here. So I crashed with them for a couple of days, yeah. which was, yeah, so they saved my life. So so then I'm flyering for people and right. it was it was hard work. It's hard work. I, anyone, anyone going to Edinburgh, get someone else to flyer for you because it's horrible. <laughs> it's like people look at you like you've given them a handful of dog feces. <laughs> There's it's so, so, so many comedians I, I see put flyers uh, into my hand. There's and, absolutely and no think, point. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, Rob Beckett told me this. He said, there's no point in standing on street corners all day and all night just giving out flyers because no one's going to no one's come to your show. Yeah. An hour before, go out and have a quick run round. Just fancy this, fancy that. Because there's a lot of people just wandering around. And they go, oh, yeah, we're going to do that for an hour. But... To stand there all day. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's awful. That's half the fun of it, though, because um, 
whenever I go up there, I go up there with a lot of friends, and um, yeah. I, 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 I always send them an extremely detailed spreadsheet, <laughs> yeah, which is um, completely uh, new comedians, storytellers, jokers. You know, it's got all gamut of comedy, and and they come back and they say, "Can you do this every year?" Because we absolutely love it, and and yeah. and that's the magic of it just if 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 you just walk into a place if you've got a spare hour and see mm. the next big thing or see a very funny comic yeah it, it makes my day you know yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so i'm not only supporting the big names but you also support the new comedians as well um, you can't but the, what happens is people go up to edinburgh thinking they're going to be the next big yeah. thing and unless you've got a little bit of heat behind you before you go yeah people aren't going to know who you are you, no. you're, all, you're almost starting again there's a very there is a difference between being a club comedian yeah. and someone that does the festivals yeah. and, it, and that so when I went up there in 2014 with my own my first show I was in the venue that was the other side of the meadows because I liked the name I didn't know where it was so I did that um, I was on at half seven at night and that's the thing as well if you're a new comedian don't do the evening right. go do, do it during the day because all the big names have got their shows in the evening, so yeah, people yeah. will buy tickets for those. They're not going to bother coming to see you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I forgot to put the time and the dates on my flyers, so I had to write on it every day the time and the <laughs> oh, date. Oh, mate. <laughs> yeah, it was soul-destroying. <laughs> and I had half a show. I'd gone up there with half oh, a show. God. It wasn't... Yes, it was. I, I had really learned the hard way. We we yeah. went up there one year and I was I was with a friend of mine who was a, who had to review all the, uh, for a paper, and I'm sitting there uh, with her and um, uh, there was there was a the, there was us and there was a, a a Scotsman in the front row, and the comedian walked on. It was a little tiny uh, place, and he looked and he said he said oh he said there's only three of you here. Thank you so much for coming along. Uh, I'm not going to bother with the show tonight. I'll buy you all the drink for coming. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. And, that's, yeah. And the bloke in the front row went, no, I've paid £6. <laughs> I want me hour. <laughs> oh, God. And I I've thought, actually, well, I've, the show I've has actually, to go on. <laughs> I've, actually, I've actually had it the other way where I've gone on with the show and gone, right, like you say, the show must go on. And then at the end, one of the blokes has gone... He could have just bought us a pint and had a chat. <laughs> went, yeah. Well, um, so I've had it the other way. I, I've seen you many times live and online, including your brilliant solo show, Death Becomes Her, at the Fringe in 2019. I was determined to go and see it because I knew it would be a good hour and it was superb. Thanks, mate. I've also seen you hosting the boat show quiz online. I wish you'd bring that back. I used to love those in lockdown. And I've seen you many times, but always be comedy and other gigs as well. Um, can you tell me about your writing process, if you've got one, and where do you get your ideas from to construct a show? Um, I've always... I don't sit down and, and, and write and write and write. Right. I know there are people that do that. They'll do it. They'll they'll sit and write for two hours. There's that whole thing about writing for two hours and most of it goes in the bin. They've got one joke. and I can't really do that. My brain won't allow me to sit down and do that because right. I, I get too distracted. So I have to be... What will happen is I'll be wandering around and then I'll be hit with some kind of... 
like, oh, that's a really good idea. And then I write it down in my phone. It's normally in my phone yeah. or on the back of my hand or wherever. And, and then I, and then that idea kind of gestates and, and becomes something. And, and then if I, because I MC quite a bit, I can go on a gig and go, right. And then just say that idea and, and then it'll either get a laugh or it won't get a laugh. Or I'll, and then I'll go, well, I thought that was funny. I'm clearly not. And then I'll kind of write it when I'm in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, do yeah. it that way. And Some, and it, some comedians yeah. do that just off the cuff. It's it's not yeah. off the cuff, but you're working it out yeah. as you're going along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had this one, I had this one joke about uh, killing a chicken with my car. And I did it. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> it's a story. It's a real story. But and I remember just... I did it once and it got a laugh. So I'm like, oh, there's something there. And they did it another three times and everyone just stared at me. And but <laughs> you just, and then, but then I went back on because Andy Parsons had been on as well and he did a dead chicken joke. Right. And they, they, didn't, they didn't laugh at that either. Dead, dead chickens yeah. were in that night. That was it. So I was like, well, you're all clearly vegans and you're not happy with this, us slaughtering chickens. So that's what I mean. So, so that becomes a, a bit, you know, and it, yeah, it just, I think yeah. it just, there's, there's the best thing for a comedian is stage time. That's, you have to be on stage as much as possible. Yeah. That's all, that's all you can do. It's fascinating. Um, yeah. You are regarded by many a top comedian as one of the UK's best MCs. Um, do you prefer comparing to perform in a solo routine? I think, I think I like doing both actually, yeah. and it's and it's happened organically. I haven't really, I haven't really gone right. I'm not going to MC anymore. I just get I get booked for whatever people want to book me for, and yeah. I I do love MCing. There's a there's a there's a real joy that I get from the end of the night when every actor's had a really good time, all the audience have had a good time, and you've helped kind of create that. By, it's incredible, isn't it? You know what I mean? You've you know, and you've got to know as an MC. Like you, if you're, if you're, you know, before you bring, you bring the next actor, and I've learned this the hard way as well. You know, you could be smashing it, absolutely smashing it. You got to know, you got to learn to stop, and then bring on the next actor. So many comedians that I've seen that will, they'll be smashing it as the MC, and they're really going for it, and then they'll do too much time, and then they'll, they, and then they'll go, oh, you know, and it, it kind of ruins the night. And I've, I've done that. I've been guilty of that. Right. So you have to. It takes a, it's a skill to sort of stop because of course you're having a good time so yeah, yeah, you yeah. get swept up in it but you've got to remember you're there to, to build the night it's not all about you and so I get a real buzz from at the end of the night and I imagine James Gill and people like that get that as well when you when they come away and yes, the whole yeah. night's been brilliant everyone's buzzing there's a real sense of pride from doing that brilliant so brilliant. yeah I love that but then I love doing a solo show I love doing Edinburgh Yeah. I love like the other night my new show uh, I hope this email finds you well that like I did online that was a, that was exhilarating. It was all yeah. brand new stuff, and it and it went really well. And I'm looking so forward, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you do that live, mate. Well, I'm just I've put a thing out today, and I've said to people, if you've got a weird and wonderful venue, whatever it is, let me know, and I'll come and do I'll come and do the show in your little wherever it is, just you wherever. Play, you could play my home city of Carlisle. <laughs> I'll, I'll come and see you. <laughs> I think I've been to Carlisle once. I went to Carlisle once. I'm doing, I didn't realise how far it is. It's oh, so yeah. far. <laughs> it's, it's the furthest it's, I've been, and it's not Scotland. You know. <laughs> well, that's it. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's known as the border city on between right, uh, right, right, and Scotland. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
Do you have any ambitions to be a com uh, do you have any ambitions to be a comedian? Do you have any ambitions as a comedian? Do you have any um, so in other words would you like to be on television? Would you like your own chat show? Would you like to um uh, yeah. would you like to write more? Would you would you like to be in a double act? I've got like um well, I, I think I love doing what we do. Yeah. I love I love gigging, and I love and I'll always all I want to do is improve and be better and things like that. And yeah. I and I want to do I want to do my own shows. I want to be able to take it around little venues and do that. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, if if there's television, then that's fine. It, you know, I'll take if it comes along. But I'm not I'm not seeking it. You know, it's it's a very different thing and you know and i i i'll whatever comes along i'll do but yeah. i'm not i'm not really chasing that but that's just not if anyone's listening it doesn't mean i don't want to but um <laughs> you know <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> nah keep it <laughs> i think i think i want to do you know i want to do i've got i've got ideas yeah. that i'm working on i want to i've got book ideas and i've got a i've got a, a tv show idea that i'm working on and good luck and then the, you know good i want to i want to i just i want to keep doing stuff yeah, you know? yeah. and yeah. That, that's and that's all i want to do so if i'm able to do that then great brilliant um this last 18 months has been unbelievable really awful um how have you found online gigs if you've done many as opposed to live stand-up comedy well to begin with they were awful they were <laughs> because none of us none of us knew what we were doing yeah and so there was no such thing as like this now they've got a front row for zoom gigs yeah, or whatever yeah. it is so there was none of that so you're literally doing a gig you're trying to make your laptop laugh and that's <laughs> awful and it just i remember i just remember the first few times you sat there going oh what am i doing because you have to change completely what you're yeah. what you do because your your rhythms from when you're doing live stuff completely change because you're reliant on the laughter you kind of yeah. know where the laughter should go yeah and you're kind of bouncing along on the audience but when the audience aren't there you're just bouncing along on nothing and it and it's hard strange yeah but then you so, said but then you work it out i worked out early on that you you just have to do like a monologue and so you hope that people are if they're not laughing they're they're enjoying listening yeah, to you yeah 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 doing your stuff and then it just got to a point i just got used to it just being able to just sort of chat really it becomes a conversation and you know, um, and I'll I'll lean on the thing, and I go, "Fucking hell, this is this is weird, isn't it?" And like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm effing and jeffing, and I'm in your house. You know, it's that you kind of have to work with your surroundings. Yeah. So I, I, I really like the Zoom gigs now. I quite like them. Yeah. I'll be, I can't wait to get back out and do yeah. real gigs, but yeah. I'll be happy to keep doing the Zoom ones. They're they're good fun. They're good fun. You can there's more interaction as well because yeah. you've got people messaging you in the chat, yeah, yeah. or they might heckle you a bit and. Yeah, it's more it's more personal and, and, and immediate. I feel. I, to I totally agree with you. My uh, um, if online comedy hadn't happened during lockdown, I I don't know what I would have done. I, I would have been at a loose end. So yeah. I've always regarded it as like a super substitution to the real thing. Um, yeah. When when it first started, you're right. There was no. Uh, I was sitting here laughing 
at a blank at a silent screen. Yeah, I, I, yeah, thought, yeah. I thought I was going to get taken away, you know. Just <laughs> but it took. But it took again. It took. It took not only comedians working out how to do it, but it yeah. took from promoters yeah. really got stuck in and they really worked out how to get the best out of this new this new medium yeah. for us. And and so people like always be just the tonic. Uh, nice and spiky. Uh, loads of promoters kind of worked out that you needed more than one person running it. You needed, they worked out that there's like the green room bit and then there's the audience bit and, and then there's all, and they really worked out and it, and they worked it out perfectly. And so now it's, it's, it's become a thing. And yeah, I yeah. think, it, I, I think it will be around for a bit. I don't think it will just disappear. I think, I think you're right. I think when the, clubs open again there will be a camera streaming the show to people who can't get to the gig and yeah yeah there's, yeah. All, the, the, there's all sorts of possibilities for it yeah but it's funny i said this to, uh, before it all happened yeah i was up the creek funnily enough yeah and i spoke to uh, paul weber who's uh, sadly no longer with us right. bless him and uh and i said to him i said you should do live from up the creek yeah. you should do it with a couple of cameras and then, and then we just, you know, get everyone to agree that this is going out live and yeah, put it yeah, on YouTube yeah. or whatever. And then we, he kind of, we, he went, that's a good idea. And then nothing came of it. And then, like I say, sadly, he passed away. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, that's what we're doing. So, yeah, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great it idea. Is. A couple it, of cameras. And, and it gives people that have got kids yeah, something yeah, to watch. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, I think it's got something. I think I think you're right, but but like you say, I am so so looking forward to getting back to live because yeah. I love to go out on a Saturday night, have a few beers, and then uh, laugh myself daft at a, co a comedian on stage. But this is but this is it. It's the same yeah. with comedians. We love yeah. that you you're putting on your best gear, you're getting yeah. ready. I remember Noel Faulkner at the Comedy Cafe just saying like. You know, you have to make an effort. Yeah. But I remember seeing interviews with James Brown, and James Brown would turn up wearing a suit, yeah. and he was like, "Because I have respect for the person that's interviewing me, I have respect for the audience. Yeah. You've made an effort. I need to make an effort as well. You know, you've paid money to see me, yeah. and then I rock up looking like I've just fallen out of bed. You know, and, and it. But like no Faulkner at the cafe always said it is like it's when you're on stage, it's uh, was it? It's ninety percent show business, ten percent business. When you're off. It's nine percent, nine percent business, ten percent show business, right. and I always sort of remembered that. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. You've just got to. This is your job, yeah. and you should get yeah. dressed for your job. Yeah, get ready yeah, yeah. and go. And and I think that's what a lot of comedians struggled with with this lockdown is that we don't didn't just lose gigs. We lost our community. We lost our mm. we lost our family. We lost. We're all a little bit weird. There's a little bit. There's, we don't really fit in 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 everyday life in normal society and so we go to gigs and we see each other and we silently understand each other and we go yeah you're weird and go, yeah you're weird as well but but we're weird together and go, yeah and it's just this a nice safe space yeah, for yeah, us to yeah. be yeah. to be to be doing what we're doing and it and thank, i think that's why thank, a lot of us struggle thank god man. you're there my friend thank god you're there cheering i love everybody it up. i love it mate and long may it continue very much so um <clears throat> Who are your favourite comedians, past and present? Mm, oh man, uh, <laughs> so many. Yeah, I love, I love Dave Allen. Yeah. Dave Allen to me is a, a perfect storyteller because his his timing is just so laid back and perfect. You know, he, really, he didn't rush to the punchline. Yeah, it was yeah, excellent. Yeah. 
Um, Richard Pryor, yeah. uh, Bob Newhart. I yeah. love Bob Newhart. To me, him doing those one-sided phone conversations is just oh, second to none. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. the drive, the driving instructor, and yeah. and yeah, to Walter Riley and all that. Just <laughs> you know, the man, the man's excellent. I love, I love that. And he, you know, um, uh, Tony Hancock. Yes. Um, yes. Who else? There's loads, man. Uh, Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr. Yeah. I love Bill Burr's. Bill Burr doesn't give a shit. He just, but he, well, what he's saying is right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mate, you're right, man. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Silverman. I think he's a phenomenal talent. Uh, Sarah Millican. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, who else do I love? Sean McLaughlin. I love yeah. him. He's just been I, on this. Yeah. Very no, he's brilliant. Yeah. Ivo Graham, Dane Baptiste. Yeah. I mean, there's so there's many. So many of them. So when you're, I love, I still love, I still love to watch comedy, even though I don't get to go to as many gigs as I'd like. When I'm on with someone that I admire, I'm always pleased. Oh, I get to watch you and, you know, and learn a bit. And, you know, you've, yeah. you've answered my next question because, uh, which was going to be like me, do you go to a lot of comedy gigs as a member of the audience? I will go. I won't necessarily go to a gig, a club gig, really, unless there's someone on. That, yeah. But outside, outside the box in Kingston, used to be good for yeah, yeah, being people. I'm gutted. There was one one night I was going to go, and then I, and I'm like, ah, I can't be asked. I don't care. I'll, I'll go another time. And Robin Williams was oh, on. Oh, mate! And I missed it, and I'm gutted. Wow. So gutted. Wow, but wow, wow. yeah, but, uh, oh, even telling you now, it wow. breaks my heart. I was I, did, I was very yeah. fortunate to see um, Bill Hicks in Manchester. Oh wow! He was incredible. Yeah. Um, and I've seen Steve Martin and. Oh um, yeah! Oh, superb. Uh, but Robin Williams, when you walk down the stairs of the Comedy Store and you see all the posters, yeah, and just walked yeah. in and he, he did 10 minutes and they were like oh my god you know, wow it's, man. it's incredible the, the the reason why i've asked those two questions is that there's a section in my blog called the ones that got away and i've written about the 25 comedians who have either passed on or haven't had chance to see mm. and top of the tree for me was was Markham and wise i would have loved to have seen them oh yeah but, yeah but dave allen is is up there as well i almost had a chance to go and see him when he played london and i wish i had seen him oh. because like you say the storytelling is extraordinary yeah he's so effortlessly good at doing what he does yeah, yeah, and, it, and and little stories like the glass of whiskey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turns out it wasn't whiskey; it was yeah. champagne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love the um, clock story he, he tells, where uh, he said, he said we 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 wake up to the clock, we go to work to oh, the yeah. clock, we do everything to the clock, and then when you retire, what do they give you? A fucking clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like Brilliant. the one. It's just I like well, that the one he said about um, his glasses, and he keeps forgetting his glasses, yeah. and, he, and he can't find his glasses anywhere. And his daughter's like, "Oh, for God's sake, Daddy, your glasses are on the mantel shelf." And he's like, all right. So he leaves, a, he writes a little note: "Your glasses are on the mantel shelf." <laughs> He said, but then I find the note. I can't read it. I ain't got my glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just, just it's good that, proper jokes, proper jokes. That's, I, I, that, you know. that's the thing about writing about them all, because it brings back so many memories of what you were doing and where you were, of course. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, gutted about, I'm glad about Robin Williams. I oh, wish I'd seen mate, him. That, yeah, but, yeah, that would have been I, amazing. Yeah. I normally go, I'll go to 
I'll go to like the Soho Theatre and see yeah. people. And I saw Alfie Brown. Alfie Brown's He's show. Brilliant. Not, couple, not last year, year before. Oh my God. It, it was astonishingly yeah, good. Yeah, it was yeah. so, so good. The yeah. man, it was really beautifully written, brilliantly performed. Uh, yeah, so I'll go. So I'll go to the Soho Theatre and see like Alexis Sale and people like that. You know what a what a genius that yeah. man is. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. yeah. Oh, I tell you what, we were at a thing. We were at a thing a couple of years ago, Christmases ago, and Alexis Sale was there, and I was outside talking to him and wow. Phil Ellis, and I was a bit pissed, and uh, and I was. I, I I was having the gig of my life. I was making Alexis Sal laugh his head off. And then suddenly I got up and I went, I'll see you later. This has been cool. And then I left. And then Phil Ellis messaged me. He goes, I saw what you did. He goes, you were having such a good time. But then you suddenly went, I'm going to make a dick of myself now. And you just got up and left. So you didn't oh. make a... Uh, yeah, and that's what I did. I kind of went, oh, this is too good. I'm going to oh, go. I'm going to go now. <laughs> Oh god! So, yeah, I'm not bragging. It was just a really good time. Talk, <laughs> talking of Alexi Sale, um, we, we were very, very, very lucky to see Rick Mail in Carlisle on oh, tour, and amazing. he he was extraordinary. He he, yeah. the the music was playing. It was the Muppet Show mixed in with the theme from Dallas, and then he and then he <laughs> and then he jumped on stage and he went, "Ladies and gentlemen of the Carl," he kept calling the Carlisle audience the Carl. His trousers exploded, and then he threw somebody out which Excellent. was just extraordinary <laughs> and um, his his support was Andy De La Tua who was at Edinburgh oh wow yeah Edinburgh about two years ago and he featured him at the start of his show and afterwards I was chatting to him about it and he said oh mate he said you were in an audience for him it was it was extraordinary and that's yeah. the magic of writing the blog I suppose because you can write down all these extraordinary memories of, of wonderful times. You know, it's, it's yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, just before we go, and my friend, I have so enjoyed this. I could this talk been to lovely. you all night. Yeah, I really, you, really could. Um, is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, where can people find you on social media? Have you got any planned gigs? Please tell people about your podcast, which is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Thanks, mate. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's there's gigs booked in. Uh, we're in the middle of we're starting to book club gigs. They're coming back, which is good. Brilliant. Um, uh, there's gonna like I say today, I put the word out to try and get a little tour going. Yeah. So that'll be out. I'll let people know. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I am Rich Wilson. Yeah. I'm on Facebook as well, but I don't really look at that that much. Um, yeah, I've got uh, yeah, I've got a podcast called Insane in the Men Brain and Insane in the Fem Brain. We've also got coming up, we've got Insane in the Them Brain, where I talk to people who identify as non-binary. Right. So it's all about people. It's a, it, the jumping off points, mental health, but it kind of goes wherever and people can take from it wherever they want. And we've had Heston Blumenthal, David Bedeal, uh Hannah Rankin, the world number one boxer. And yeah. we've had some incredible guests. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's worth checking out. Yeah. And uh, tell us about, you're a DJ as well, and Islington <laughs> radio show. Yeah, I've got a DJ, I've got a radio show on Islington Radio called The Tuned Up Time Machine. Which is brilliant. It's, thanks, mate. It's on uh, Mixcloud at the minute, uh, but I'm sure it'll it'll go on to something else later on. It's just starting out. so. But it's really good. I get two hours to just play what I want and, and dick around, and it's well worth your time. And all you need to do is download the Mixcloud app, and then you've got a raft of shows at your fingertips. Brilliant. 
Lovely. Well, well, my friend, I for one cannot wait to see you again live. I'm really Thanks, looking mate. forward to seeing your new show. It I can't wait amazing. to show it to you. Yeah. Um, and uh, you've made me laugh so, so much over the years, continuously. You're Thanks, one of mate. my favourite comedians. As I say, whenever you're on a bill, I always smile and think I'm going to have a great time, and I always do. Thank oh. you so, so much for your time. Thank you, Rich. It's been a pleasure. All the best, Always my friend. You too. Bye.